people I look for is the people who look to take on challenges. You know, I'm looking for the person running towards the fire, not running away from the fire. You know, I'm looking for the person that wants to volunteer, step up and try. I've already been in the remote setting for a long time and so have most of my staff. So the transition wasn't really a huge learning curve for us. We were already using Teams and Zooms and kind of in that motion. So we just kind of saddled up when, you know, the world kind of got into this phase. I tell them, believe in yourself, stay the course, and you will get what you want eventually. It may just take some time. Welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. This week, we are recording on October 30th, the day right before Halloween, and we're very excited about this because we are talking to an interesting group of people. So my name is Kate Plummer from Claremont, based in Toronto, and we're talking with PPB's Uncommon Leaders. PPBI has put out a list nominated Uncommon Leaders, those that kind of stand out and do something a little bit different. And we're excited today to bring you three of them. So we'll have everyone do their introductions so you can hear their voices. So we'll start with Annette. Go ahead. Hi. Yes. Thank you. My name is Annette Jensen. I am the Vice President of Sales here at Victorinox Swiss Army. Our company has been in business for 140 years, so it's very nice to be associated with a brand that's been around for a very long time and third generation owned. And I'm happy to join today. Thank you. We're excited to have you. And so next on our list is Letitia. Hi, my name is Letitia Marshall. Senior Director of Sales Operations at ePremo's Promotional Product LLC, based in Minnesota. And then last but not least, the only man on the podcast today is Rob. <laughs> well, thank you, Kate, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. My name's Rob Cunningham. I'm the President and Chief Operating Officer of Uniflex. We are based out of Philadelphia, but I reside out of New York, but seemingly never live there most of the year. But thanks. <laughs> So the Uncommon Leaders was a really interesting article because I think one of the things everyone is thinking about and struggling with right now is leadership in the age of COVID. And you were all highlighted early on as great leaders within your organizations, and you're all nominated by your staff as well, which is even more interesting. And so we are calling this the Unicorn Podcast just because while we don't want great leaders to be unicorns in their rarities. Sometimes they are. So in this time, being recognized as a strong leader, what do you think made you stand out? Or what do you aim to do to stand out as a leader? So we'll start with Patricia. Great question. I think what makes me stand out personally is my ability to make lemonade out of lemons. I truly believe that everything typically just happens for a reason. So I'm typically upbeat kind of like this silver lining type of person in most situations, which really helps navigate through troubled waters sometimes. It's a good ability to kind of look on the positive side. Exactly. Amazing. And Annette, what for you is sort of your, okay, this is what makes me great moment. Don't humble brag, like brag away. (laughs) Well, I do feel I lead by example. I have a strong work ethic, really. I strive to be my best and always learn and improve. So I've been with this company for 26 years and 
I continually feel like I'm always learning. I do have high expectations of my team, and I do feel we're just a very well-oiled machine. They understand where I'm coming from. I know where they're coming from. So I really do feel that leading by example is very important as a strong leader. Is there one example of something where you're like, this is what I've done to lead by example? Or? I listen. I really listen closely to what my team members say, and I take their advice, and we all work together for the common goal. So I feel listening to them is very important, and that's why I feel I'm a strong leader for everyone, just not dictating to them what I think needs to be done, listening to their ideas and executing those ideas, and then they feel they can come forward with more and continually be better. That's amazing. And so, Rob, how do you stand out? Well, the weird part is, is my goal is really never to ever stand out, to be honest with you. (laughs) You know, a great boss I had a long time ago taught me that, you know, the real leaders of this world are not the top of pyramids, but almost inverted, where you're literally the bottom of the pyramid supporting everybody up above you. My true goal is really to work with everybody and be that teacher and be that coach. And really is to empower the employees to make decisions on their own, to be confident in themselves to make decisions and know that, you know, they won't be punished every time they do it, but to, you know, think outside the box, to be creative. It's really about supporting that team, whether you're in sports, you know, the coach is the coach, you know, I'm looking for star quarterbacks. I'm looking for star other players. And that's really my role is to support them. And I guess at the end of the day, because this was recognized by, you know, my employees, that's what they see. And I'm just honored that they were able to support me in that way. Yeah, you got the best coach award there. So in that analogy of using the teammates, do you change your coaching style to each person? Sure. You know, you can't manage each employee on basically the same level. It's individual. You have to know what everybody's strengths are. You have to know what everybody's weaknesses are. And you have to, you know, coach to them to that. You know, some need support in some ways, some need support in other ways, some don't need support at all. And you just kind of create that environment where you're managing your style to your team and the ability to get the best out of each one of those folks, you know, will just improve your company overall tenfold. That's amazing. It's kind of hard, again, to sort of, everyone thinks a leadership style should be one way. So pivoting which is the hated word of 2020, but pivoting and knowing how to react to each person can be a skill set in itself. (laughs) So everyone kind of starts at the bottom and moves their way up. And so what has influenced all your leadership styles? Have you always had a case of you're like, I'm going to be like that leader, or I'm definitely not going to be like that leader? And that what for you was your influencer? Well, I'll tell you, I've had, oh my gosh, I can't even count the number of leaders or quote, bosses that I've had here, and some very strong and some very weak. So I think the one influence is I did work for somebody that was so driven and so motivated and just such a great coach. And I always said, boy, you know, I want to be like that one day. And just really, he was a mentor to me completely. And so I feel, you know, kind of what Letitia said is I'm always looking at the positive side of things, too. You know, we have a lot of challenges. This year has been quite a challenging year, but watching my team step out without me even having to say anything, 
you know, right away, what can we do for virtual meetings? I mean, they're just coming up with so many ideas. And I think that's what inspires me to continue to be better and be part of the team. You know, when when it was a nomination for best bosses, I thought, ah, I kind of don't like that word boss because I don't want to be the boss. I want to be part of the team and lead. And that's where I feel my strength is, is that I'm a team member. Although I lead the team, I'm just as much a part of the team as everyone else is. I love that attitude. I think my first reaction when someone called me a boss was like, oh, no, that's an adult's job. I do not have an adult's job. Family kind of joke with me and said, did they leave off a Y at the end? You know, maybe you're best bossy. And I said, well, maybe at home, but certainly not at work. It's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. And it's assertive. It's not bossy. <laughs> right, exactly. So Tisha, for you, what was your influence on your leadership style? Like, were you the same way? Is that you're just like, okay, it's about teamwork? Or did you have someone that sort of inspired your actions? Yeah, I mean, very similar to Annette, I've been so lucky in my career at Promos to be kind of like working with great leaders. And I think for me, the influence that really resonates is being relatable, right? I try to stay current with best practices, you know, current events. And then I sprinkle in a little old school methods in there. And it just, for me, gets the job done every time. I kind of feel like when there's a sense of understanding, you know, with your colleagues, your teammates, your staff, execution is half the battle, right? Because if you don't understand when you execute, it kind of doesn't come out right. So. That's like a big thing that stands out for me, you know, along with, you know, what Annette's talking about being a teammate, you know, really getting your hands dirty is another thing. Like I'm all about leading by example too, by doing the work, not just, you know, saying, okay, giving a directive, giving an order. I'm in the trenches with you. Like, okay, let's kind of try this out. All right. You have it from here. Let's go on to the next game kind of thing, you know? Interesting. So is all your team remote now or how have you guys worked during COVID now? Interesting enough, like I said before, my company's based out of Minnesota, but I've been remote for six years out of Houston. Oh, you're a pro at now. Yeah. So I've already been in the remote setting for a long time, and so have most of my staff. So the transition wasn't really a huge learning curve for us. We were already using Teams and Zooms and kind of in that motion. So we just kind of saddled up when, you know, the world kind of got into this phase and just kept pushing forward, which is great. You're obviously a pro at working remotely now. So my question, like bonus question is, what would be your tip to someone that you've learned about having a collaborative work environment when everyone's remote? I think everyone's struggling with that right now. So what's one tip that you would have for working remote as a team? I feel like I have multiple tips. (laughs) List them all. I think we could all use them right now. (laughs) So here's a couple. Obviously, you want a comfortable workspace, a work environment that you can concentrate, you know, be focused and dedicated to your job. That's really important. The other thing is always staying connected with your people, right? Even though you're not physically connected, you know, our technology is great, right? We have video, we have chat messaging. So I'm talking to them all day. So even though we're not next to each other, we're in constant communication. And, you know, we kind of switch it up. We kind of do different things, you know, Sometimes we have a little happy hour. Sometimes 
we have some icebreakers, we have different meetings, we just have to switch it up to make it interesting. So, you know, people are not just like, oh my goodness, I'm home by myself. So those are a few things to make sure you're focused and have a successful remote experience. I love that sort of remember to keep the human connection, even if it's behind the screen. Exactly. You know, we share pictures of kids and family members, you know, because even though you're remote, you're still living your life in your area, wherever you are. Exactly. And I think, you know, especially your team was probably already very prepared for what was going on. And now, you know, everyone else is kind of like, oh, they've lost the human connection or they've lost the day to day interactions and sort of having everyone adjust to that. Whereas you've got it down at this point. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like it even got better. Because now you have more time, right? You don't have the commuting. You don't have the distractions. Well, I guess it's twofold if you have, you know, kids in the homeschooling. But for me, it was just like even more clarity that you can really get in depth with that employee, really get to know them and their working style, et cetera, which benefits, you know, for the production and just the company as far as the work that they're producing. That's so great. Yeah, no, I think everyone is looking for any tips at this point. So Rob, for you, what was your influence? Well, I guess it goes back to almost college, I guess I would say. I went to a school called SVA or the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan here. Basically, I come from the world of advertising. So, you know, all the teachers in that school were all leading professionals in the field. There were no teachers. You were essentially learning from the folks that were creating ads and designs, you know, that current moment. It was probably one of the most competitive experiences I've ever had in my life still to this day, where they taught you, you know, you had to really think outside the box. You really had to be more creative than the next person, you know, sitting next to you in the class. And, you know, I think a lot of my career has just basically been trying to do that. All right. How can we think outside the box? How can we do something different? How can we be unique? And I try to pass that along to my teams as well. And to those folks, you know, when we're in meetings, you know, hey, throw out an idea, you know, give me your best, you know, thought. Nothing will be laughed at. Nothing's crazy. Let's hear it. And just give you, you know, a current example. We were sitting around, you know, end of March trying to figure out, all right, COVID's hitting us. What are we going to do? And, you know, how can we do something different? You know, how can we help? And we had a lot of machinery that, you know, builds basically plastic boxes or APET boxes out of material. And somebody came up and says, hey, what if we just started making face shields? Could we make face shields out of the existing equipment we have and the material we have on hand to make these boxes? So, you know, the team, the engineers, the folks, sales, everybody got together. We started working through designs. I think we spent about two to three weeks of just kind of creating some sort of face shield that we could do. We started donating a few. I have some family members that were frontliners in hospitals. So we started, you know, giving them some tests just to see if they worked. And through a collaborative effort, you know, we started creating face shields and it resulted in about $2 million in sales for us in face shields. We had to go through and get FDA approval on our plant. I mean, it was crazy, but it all started just with some folks standing around, figuring out what we can do different and how we can get through this time by being creative. That's great, though. It's kind of that attitude of there's no dumb ideas as long as you can own it and sort of play it out and see how it goes. Yeah. And this is a creative industry. You know, 
I mean, if you would have told me fidget spinners would be like the greatest thing ever, you know, a couple of years ago, I'd tell you you're crazy. So that's the great thing about this industry. It is very creative. And some of the things you would think would never sell are the things that sell like crazy. And, you know, so every idea should be valued and at least, you know, entertained and not thrown away and, and just, you know, listening to your folks and, you know, and having them think outside the box can certainly generate a lot more sales than you probably would if you said no. I'm just kind of opening this up to all of you. Do you have something when the team member comes up with an idea? Like, what is your process for getting that idea from the start to the finish? Like, do you have tips on encouraging, supporting, even just an idea of like fruition? How do you bring this idea to fruition? Or how do you kind of play it out so that in two months, someone else is doing this great idea. They're sitting there being like, I had that. That was mine. <laughs> well, you know, since we're a supplier, you know, I always try to tell our teams, you know, especially even the sales folks, you know, whenever a distributor comes to us and says, hey, you know, I'm looking for this. I said, try to give them a couple other ideas that they didn't think of or their customers didn't think of. It adds value to the distributor as well, going to the end user, but it just makes us look great as well as, hey, you know, we're just not responding to what you want us to do. We're trying to help you get the sale or expand your sales. So, you know, I encourage the art teams and the sales folks to do that, to basically get creative, you know, give them as many ideas as you think will work for it. And a lot of times they'll take the unique idea and not the idea they brought to us. Interesting. And Letitia, do you have any input on that, on how to create a like a creative space? Yeah. Innovation is huge, right? We try to encourage that as much as possible. I think a big thing about encouraging more of it is recognizing the staff when they have ideas, whether, you know, we use it or not. We want to make sure folks have a platform and they feel comfortable to voice whatever thoughts they have because you just never know what kind of gem you're going to get from that suggestion. So a big thing is recognizing and providing a really big platform for that. What inspires you professionally and personally? Where do you find your sources of inspiration, basically? Robert, where do you grab your ideas from? I'm a ferocious reader, I guess you will say. My wife makes fun of me because every time we watch a movie or a TV show, I'm constantly like Googling everything in that show, you know, to understand and to dive deeper on it. You know, so I always looking for more and challenge, you know, just try to understand, you know, how can I learn something new every day? I need to know more. I constantly need more. But, you know, also I get inspired by my team as well. And folks, I know we're almost a family here. I mean, I've had somewhere up to, you know, 300 employees and until less now, but you always feel like a family. And as I want to do right by my family. You know, I want to do right by them as well. So we're constantly doing that. And I just like to challenge myself. I get bored easy. To be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, to give you an example, and this to show you how crazy, you know, sometimes my life gets, you know, at 50, I turned 50 years old uh, a couple of years ago and we were sitting around at Christmas dinner and I just turned to everybody and said, you know what? I've never run the New York City Marathon. I just feel like doing it, you know, and I've, I've never run. I've never jogged ever a day in my life. And, you know, my family just laughed at me and said, get out of here. I said, you know what? I'm going to run it. And, you know, sure enough, you know, a year later I trained and, you know, I ran the New York City Marathon and 
I would say, in pretty good time. <laughs> and so I guess a lot of it comes out of boredom. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that is not what comes out of my boredom. <laughs> so, Tisha, have you run any marathons yet? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> but I have jumped out of a plane. Oh my God, the two of you are scaring me right now. If I come back and been like, I just dabbled in brain surgery, I would not be surprised. <laughs> so, okay, so you thrown yourself from a plane. What started that? Oh my goodness. I just want to say for the record, I would never do that again. <laughs> Ever. Why did I do that? Honestly, the fear, right? Just to conquer that fear. Fear is crippling, right? Fear prevents you from doing so many things. And I wanted to just prove to myself, because, you know, I don't want to jump out of a plane. It's like super scary. And I wanted to say, you know what? I am going to overcome this fear and I'm just going to do it. And I did. And I was happy I did it. But like I said, I won't do it again. And now it's over with. (laughs) More of a thing like Rob was saying, the whole challenge thing. Okay. Am I going to do this? How can I do this? You know, a lot of people are scared of this. Oh, my goodness. Well, I can't say that to be inspired, I would jump out of a plane, but I'm still impressed that you've done it. (laughs) So besides fear and adrenaline, what else inspires you? For me, it's all about, I know this is going to sound a little cliche, but it's really about helping other people, right? It's about experiences. It's about just everyday life that really you know, inspire me, you know, the weather, what's going on, like that really affects my day to day. And it gets me excited, right? I'm just like, if someone says something or does something, I'm like, oh, maybe I can do this or we can switch around. I mean, people and and just life are just so amazing. And that really overall gets me going. That does it for me. I love that. Yeah. Because if anyone hasn't read this article yet, you actually quote, In the same paragraph, you quote Jay-Z and Tim Sackett at the same time. I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. That for me, I was like, okay, we've got to go talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you've got a lot going on there and think beyond yourself and your impact and everything. And so that's really exciting. Annette, tell us about your brain surgery. That is obviously the next step in this transition. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have not run a marathon and I definitely have not jumped out of a plane. You know, when we were in Vegas, actually, as a team, you know, I have some daring team members that wanted to do the stratosphere, which scared the heck out of me. And I'll never do that again as well. But that was kind of my brain surgery for sure. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I thought I was going to have a heart attack, quite honestly. That scared me to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to step back a little bit. I'm not going to do anything like that in the future. So for you, what what makes you feel inspired then, if it's not adrenaline? I always want to be the best I can and have the best team I can. And I'm kind of that daring person in the company that does speak my mind. Sometimes I'm like, mm, I'm not sure if I should say this, but I'm going to say it. It's for the good of the team. And so I'm always putting my team first and making sure that what we're doing is a company and our strategy is right for the team. And I'm not just a yes person. And I do pride myself on that. You know, I think that there's a lot of people that are afraid to speak up because they're like, oh, well, then I'm not a team player. So if I say that, maybe then they won't think I'm going along with the strategy. Where my feeling is 
quite opposite. You know, I don't want yes people on my team. I want them to say, listen, I appreciate your idea, but what about this? And I'm kind of that person in this company. You know, I take chances. I tell our president all the time things that I think, you know, we need. I mean, we're a retail company. So not everything we do for retail makes sense for the corporate business. But I'm always making sure that I tell the management team, here's what we need and here's why we need it. And my team really appreciates the fact that I go out on a limb for them and for us to always do the right thing. So I think just really stepping out of the box and making sure that things happen the way they should and not being afraid to do so is what I strive for. And that's where my adrenaline gets going. You know, I like the challenge of, you know, even my boss, who is the president saying, well, I don't agree with you, or I think this. And, you know, we go back and forth for a healthy discussion, and we agree to disagree. So, I mean, that's what really keeps me going here for the next thing. Yeah. I think that's so important, though, with that idea of, like, you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And if no one ever says no to you, then what are they not saying? And so I love that you're just, like, keep pushing the boundaries. That's great. Yeah. For someone getting started in this industry, or even just a career and moving it up, how do you sort of recognize a good leader? What are good signs for you? And how would you say for someone wanting to be like, okay, how do I get to your levels? Like, what advice would you give out? Two things come to mind when you ask that question. So the first thing, I literally live by this personally and professionally, and some of you might have heard it before. It's the seven P's, right? So prior, proper planning prevents piss poor performance. That's huge for me. That's how I live out my day. You spend that few minutes, few hours, few seconds, whatever it is, really grasping and planning out what you're doing, the execution will go easier versus you kind of rushing through that process and then the end result is not what you want and then you have to start all over. So spend the time doing what you need to do, prepping, preparing so that you can get the outcome that you want. And then the second thing is, I feel like a lot of people, when they see someone in a leadership role, you know, they see the glitz and the glamour, but it's really not about that. You have to do the work. And sometimes it's gritty. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes you don't want to do it. You're met with opposition, but push through and just do it. And everything will fall into place. So that's my advice. Those two things. I challenge you to say the seven Ps seven times fast, but I don't think you'd want to. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You have to say it very slowly and precisely. Prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. There we go. (laughs) There you are. (laughs) That's amazing because I think, and especially that comment about how leadership doesn't always mean doing the easy or the fun things is that it's dirty and painful work sometimes is that you know my comment before I don't want to be the adult in the room and yet you kind of look to those people so for you what is a good leadership skill that you see in other people that you suggest people foster or look for others in hmm god just one (laughs) I know I'm asking the tiny questions here (laughs) I would say passion. That's a good one. I know that's something that doesn't always come up. You always hear like determination and, 
you know, knowledge and all this other stuff. But passion is important because when someone's passionate about something, they're going to, like I said, do the work. They're going to put in the time to execute. That's true. I always tell people ambition isn't a bad thing. Like you can be really ambitious and it'd be a really good thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Rob, for you, what advice would you give to someone in being a leader and looking to sort of follow in your footsteps? As a current parent of a 24-year-old and a 21-year-old, I seem to have this discussion every night, it seems. <laughs> Are they following any of it? <laughs> no, they're not. But sometimes, you know, because, you know, they're just starting to enter the workplace and, you know, and, you know, they're starting to understand that work is hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and I tell them and I tell anybody starting out as leaders and the people I look for is the people who look to take on challenges. You know, I'm looking for the person running towards the fire, not running away from the fire. You know, I'm looking for the person that wants to volunteer, step up and try. Now, listen, they may not succeed. They may fail, but they at least step to the plate and try to do their thing. And, and I tell my kids as well, I said, you know, hey, take on as many roles as you can. Being a utility player is not a bad thing. You know, the, you know the, more, the more things you take on, the more things you understand, you just become more of a valuable asset to the company. You know, you become more valued where, you know, you can kind of step in when somebody leaves or somebody's out for the day. We look for those type of people. We want those people to step into those roles. And that's what happens. That's how you grow and climb that ladder as people move on. You know, we looked internally first and say, all right, can somebody internally fill this role? And, you know, hey, you know, this person stepped up every single time. I think they can do it. Let's give them a shot. I think that's important. I think as a leader, you have to take on the hard things. And yes, and as everyone said before, the work is hard. You know, it's not easy. My kids see that, you know, I'm currently building a distribution center and I've literally been living outside the house for about three and a half months right now. So it's not easy. But if you want to inspire it, you got to take on those hard jobs and, like I said, run as fast as you can to the projects and not away from it. Yeah. Again, it goes into ambition is not a bad thing. And it goes to your previous comment as well is being curious is a really good thing. We always look for people, and especially I think out there right now, there's so many small businesses that there's... I forget his last name, but Z from Z Swag. He has in his footnote for his introduction is that of his business, he's the founder and janitor. Yeah. And that's it, is that you kind of end up doing everything as you start moving up. So running towards those creative projects is an asset for everyone, even when they're not creative, when it's that hard, gritty work that Tisha talked about. Sure. I mean, you can't understand what your company does unless you're actually doing the job. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you you have to literally take on almost every role to see it from that perspective. You know, I know, you know, managers like to manage it, you know, sometimes at that 20,000 foot level, but sometimes you got to get on the ground to understand what's happening. So then you can take a step back and understand, all right, hey, listen, I, you know, I understand the challenges. This is how we can improve that situation. Exactly. So Annette, for you, what's your advice to someone coming in or following your steps? And what do you look for in a leader? When I started, I had started in the financial industry, cold calling. And then I came here to Swiss Army 
and was in customer service. So, you know, I really got the customer's perspective, the company's perspective. You know, I was that day-to-day person. If the distribution center needed help, I'd go to the distribution center. I worked my way up here to become vice president of sales. It was not an easy road all the time. I always say, stay the course. You know, if it was easy, we'd all do it. And that's what I tell my kids. I have a little bit younger than Rob's, but a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old. And my son is a senior in high school right now, and it's very difficult. He's a baseball pitcher. And it's so difficult right now with recruiting and not being able to meet coaches. So we're just trying to figure out different ways. And, you know, he's been very successful in reaching out to coaches and things. And I think, you know, part of that is teaching them that it's not an easy road. And somehow you have to overcome those obstacles to continue on your path. And if you believe in it and you want it bad enough, you know, you will make it happen. So I tell them, believe in yourself, stay the course. And you will get what you want eventually. It may just take some time. But again, being part of the day-to-day and not being a leader that has that 20,000-foot view, being in it with the team and understanding what we do and what other departments do is very important. And I do understand that from being part of so many teams here for so many years. I love that advice of like, just keep going. When someone deals with rejection or failure, what is your advice for dusting themselves off? Yeah, I say sometimes it's not you. You know, sometimes it it is the other person. There's sometimes jealousy. There's many things that come into play that may make you feel like, okay, you know, I'm not achieving something and why? And that's why I always tell people, just believe in what you do and, and know that you're good. And, you know, you are going to fail sometimes, but get back up and just keep trying. I'd rather have somebody come to me with an idea and maybe it didn't work. You know, right now we're facing those challenges. You know, we're trying to figure out what works well for distributors. What works for one doesn't always work for all. So, you know, sometimes we're successful in what we create and sometimes we're not. And that's okay. At least we tried. You know, if we never try, you don't know if it's going to work or not. So they'll say, I think it's a bad idea. And I'll say, no, we don't know until we try. And I think that's the advice I would always give to any colleagues or anyone asking me. Yeah. What advice would you have for managers and bosses and leaders in this world right now? You know, everyone is going through something different. And to say that I think we're all living unicorn experiences right now. So for you, what advice would you give? Or what advice are you looking for? Are you struggling with something right now that you ask these other two unicorn bosses about? I've talked about this a lot, and I believe in listening to your employees, communicating with them. You know, sometimes we just have a chat about personal things. You know, there's nothing about business. Yesterday, one of my sales reps reached out and said, hey, do you have a few minutes to chat? And it was nothing about business. He just wanted to talk, see how things were going, check on my family. I checked on his family. He's experiencing the hurricane right now. So it was nice. You know, he just quickly sent me a text knowing that we're all busy. And I knew at that moment that he just wanted to talk. So I stopped what I was doing. I talked to him and we had a great conversation. We ended up on the phone for more than an hour. So I think it's just important to understand that everybody's going through different 
phases right now and, you know, listen to each other. We, you know, we all need each other probably more now than ever. And I think we've become a stronger team because of the things that have happened in the past few months. Rob, do you have any advice for other leaders or seeking advice? Yeah, I would say in this time, we need to really, as leaders, look to be more empathetic than we've ever had to been probably in our careers. You know, everybody's going through many challenges, you know, whether it's childcare issues where they, you know, essentially can't find somebody to watch their kids so they can't come into the office. Or, you know, somebody, you know, may have contracted COVID and not making them feel like they're pariahs, you know, and supporting them and, you know, laying out a clear understanding, all right, this is what's going to happen. You know, you really have to manage different in this time. You know, we have a lot of sales reps who aren't making as much money as they normally make, you know, during this time because sales are so, you know, difficult, especially in the first two quarters. So you have to kind of work with them and understand them. And, you know, whether it's vacation times, there's nowhere to go on vacation. So how can they utilize that vacation time to do something different? Could we offer something different? So you really have to be more empathetic. You really have to understand, you know, the challenges of today versus last year. And you have to manage a little different. It's important. I mean, and listen, some of it sometimes will help you. We found that, you know, some of the folks, you know, where we had shared office space around the country, we had about six offices or more, but six of those shared office space, those folks wound up working from home. We found out they were more efficient at home and allowed us to close those six office spaces and save money. And the employee is actually more efficient and they're happier that they're able to work from home. So it's okay, you know, to rethink your business during a pandemic and not panic, but use it as basically an advantage to, you know, relook at everything you do. Yeah. If you're not looking at all your processes right now and thinking, well, we've always done this, we should keep doing it. Then you're not doing a great job. Like you should, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. should always be willing to think you're wrong. Yeah. Tisha, for you, what is your advice to everyone on what they're going through? I would echo kind of what Annette and Rob said earlier in my one statement is, you know, there's not a one size fits all for this type of question or advice. You really have to tailor your approach nowadays for the individual. So you want to be nimble. You want to be aware and transparent and you want to be kind. So I think that really sums up my advice, you know? tailored approach. I love that though. I think everyone is struggling right now and having all of your advice right now, be patient, be kind, be open is so solid. And I think having a reminder of it is always beneficial. So thank you everyone. Any last things that we haven't covered that you want to say that you're just like, okay, everyone out there, I want to have this one point. I would say, listen, it's important to be a mentor during this time as well. This is a great platform to share that, but you know, reach out. I've reached out to many supplier friends and even distributors and be there as a mentor as well to help them get through their challenges. It's important that we all come together, you know, especially during this time and share what works with each other because we need everybody to succeed in this industry to keep it going. 
So I would encourage everybody to, you know, get out there, share your experiences. I think I'd be in trouble if I didn't plug the Promo Kitchen mentorship program. If you go to our website, promokitchen.org slash mentorship, we do have an active mentorship program because I think you're right. I think we all need to turn to each other and learn from each other and do what we can to kind of rebuild, restructure and get through all of this. So, and that, Letitia, Rob, thank you for joining us on this. and. Everyone, I highly encourage you to reach out, read this article, and basically follow in their footsteps. So they're doing something right if their staff calls them an uncommon and valued leader. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.